Doyle, get your ass in here. They're about to start talking again. Oh, yeah, okay. What is that? Is that pizza or is that hot dogs? It's hot dog pizza. Oh, thank God. Give me uh, give me two slices, you son of a bitch. Sit down. Put the headsets on. All right. Okay, you know what we're going after these guys for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Harding, he's the one that manufactures the podcasts. Okay. Right. And uh, Shives, he's the one right there, picture right there. Right, with all the stuffed animals. He's the one. Oh, my God. He, he helps manufacture, and then I think Harding distributes it by hiding the podcast inside of uh, used Yugos that he then sells overseas. He's a monster man. Dude, right. if we could get him, boy. If we could get him, then we could shut down this entire podcasting industry. Imagine an entire nation's youth free of having to listen to podcasts ever. The garbage. Well, I, I was just thinking it's just nice to catch people. Oh yeah, you like doing that. You I don't like really care up. about the the greater implications. You like the beating up. You like unloading your gun until it's empty into somebody who may or may not be a criminal, right? I mean, it works for me. Well, I'll tell you what. If this goes down, you can completely unload right into Shives. Oh, 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 you got yourself a deal, partner. Okay, quiet, quiet, quiet. Oh, They're shh. getting ready to podcast. Okay. Now, I'm going to bust your ass for those three bags, and I'm going to nail you for picking your feet for catch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic film and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, we're taking a movie that has a fantastic reputation that kicked off an entire new way that we look at police dramas and procedurals. Right, Steve? Absolutely. We're looking at the mother of all 70s cop movies, the movie that dared to ask the question, what if it wasn't about clever people solving crimes? What if it was just about normal people following other normal people? And that's it. <laughs> yeah, the thing that influenced TV and radio for the next 20 goddamn years. The multi-academy award winning, for a reason, multi-academy award winning movie, The French Connection. Yeah. Which actually sounds like a, a romantic comedy. <laughs> she was tired of being jerked around, and he was a poor Frenchman on the street. <laughs> Together, they learn life's lessons and love Aww. The French Connection. Starring Liam Neeson and Juliette Binoche. No, star- or- starring Roy Scheider. And- <laughs> oh, right, right. And those two are the two that fall in love. And- Just put a wig on... on, on- <laughs> <laughs> and and Fernando Ray is the guy who introduces yeah. them, thus the, two of the them, French connection. Yeah, they're there. And they're about to kiss, and then someone appears in the window, and he spins around and unloads his gun into him. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Popeye. Shut up. And then they both laugh. Ha 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 ha. The French connection. See, I'm telling you. Freeze frame. Fade I'm to remaking black. this, some bitch. Yeah. That's right, the French connection, that crime thing, right, Steve? <laughs> that, I think that's a great description of it. That crime thing, yes. That crime movie, that, he- that very influential crime movie that no one has tried to remake yet, right? Not officially. Although, Not officially. <laughs> there have been a few that are somewhat <laughs> derivative of it, I think. There have been whole TV series that have basically been a remake <laughs> of this thing. But not officially. Uh- <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, do you have any trivia before we start off the whole Who Made It? I do, actually. There is a little bit. Of, well, of course, the movie is, is uh, legendary for its its uh, chases. 
And some of those chases, especially the the most famous chase of all, chase. the uh, the the car chase that you were mean Popeye. Chase. With there's there's one chase. Well, uh, well, there's 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 one major chase, and no, that's the win- one chase. <laughs> the rest are all tailing. <laughs> Whatever. That's not a chase. That's following actually, somebody around. Actually, that is not a chase. That is one person following another. That's right. Um, Without the other's knowledge. There's or well, okay. Maybe. <laughs> According to your definition, the one chase um, in the movie is it, it was actually shot. It was, of course, it was shot on location in New York, and it was shot yeah. with it, without uh, proper permits. So no. they, they had they they did. I mean, the traffic was blocked. They did get the cooperation of of police to block traffic and stuff, but mm-hmm. they didn't like clear it all with city hall exactly. And there's mm-hmm. one point. There's a, there's a point in the in the the film that that was left in where Popeye's car hits another car, and, yeah. and that was real. He actually did hit. That was a real person. Yeah, hit. yeah. And they had to you know pay for the damages and, and whatever. And then and, and, and they and left from the it hospital. He's like, I'm in a movie. Yay. with Hackman. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <And> Papa? So- <laughs> Papa? <laughs> Remember me as a movie star. What will we do now? <laughs> uh, Here's free- your free movie tickets <laughs> yeah, to the right. premiere of uh, <laughs> The French Connection. Look, we all feel really bad at the production company for what happened, yeah. so tell you what, we'll pay 10% of the burial cost, best right. I can do. Hey, we can't get you a uh, sit-down and have your picture taken with Gene Hackman or Roy Scheider, but... Hey, here's here's Eddie Egan. You can have a picture taken <laughs> with him. Eddie fucking Egan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Come on. All right, is that all, yeah. is that all the yeah, trivies you got? Yeah, they almost killed a guy making the movie. So, yeah, yeah. now let's continue. <laughs> okay, so here's who made it. It was directed by William Friedkin. You know William Friedkin. He was the director of The Exorcist. Yeah. And um, some other stuff. I'm sure not as quite as popular as The Exorcist, right? No, no. I would say it's safe to say nothing else is popular as The Exorcist. Nothing else that we like. <laughs> <laughs> it was produced by Philippe D'Anti, D'Antoni, D'Antoni. Oh no, no, Steve D'Antoni. Oh, yeah. It's starting early. Screenplay by Ernest Tideman, who we were first introduced to on this show as the writer of Shaft, oh, which yeah. also came out this year. Guess which one I like more. And High Plains Drifter, which is one of Steve's favorite films. I do like High Plains After that, he pretty much didn't do anything good. <laughs> How or dare popular. you dismiss a man's ah. entire career? He's a son of a bitch, and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Ernest Tideman. Like I hope his grandchildren are miserable. <laughs> Living under the Tideman curse. <laughs> What's that? Where you where you you write acclaimed films? Oh mm-hmm. no! Yeah. <laughs> Based on the French Connection, the real life true story. It has a long title. There's a book that's called The French Connection. The title. Do you know the whole name, Steve? Well, I know it because I'm looking at it right now. It's okay. Let's well, say it. The French Connection: A True Account of Cops, Narcotics, and International Conspiracy. That's really long title. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a... No wonder they shortened it down. Sounds like t- Tonight on Fox, one of those specials that they just throw together in five minutes because they, mm-hmm. they forgot to fill an hour in their schedule, and they get Jonathan Frakes to have, host it. I have, I have some better names for this movie. Oh, boy. Which I think I'm going to start doing as a regular segment. <laughs> oh, oh, excellent. You ready? Let's hear some of the... These would be the better names for The French <laughs> Connection. Better names for the French connection are Popeye's a bad cop. 
Now, depending on how you want to read it, <laughs> that could be that Popeye's a bad cop, or he's the bad cop in the partnership with the guy who gets largely forgotten yes. who's in this movie. The good cop. The good cop, quote, <laughs> Roy Scheider. Here's 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 another another. Uh, this is my all other alternate name for this movie. Okay, tailing it, <laughs> tailing it. That's right. You want to know why? Because because ninety percent of this fucking movie is someone tailing somebody. Lots of tailing. Way too much tailing in the film. Stalkerish, creepy, t- <laughs> boring, fucking so god. Oh boy, Steve. <laughs> Gene, it's your agent. We got a great part for you. Really easy. You have three not, lines. <laughs> not much dialogue. All you got to do is follow people and look pissed. You got to beat up black people who <laughs> follow somebody around. And that's it. That's it. That's, that's it, it, Gene. That's There's it. no lines, really. In fact, fuck it. Just make up lines. Just say what you think mm. you should say. Who cares? <laughs> Can you look All mad right. while you drive a car? You got it. Starring, this brings us right into it. Starring Gene Hackman as Detective Jimmy Popeye Doyle. Um, guess what he turned down to do this movie? Oh, what? He turned down being the lead in the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I, I think that probably worked out. It probably worked Thank out for Gene. You. Whatever, whatever intervened to prevent Gene Hackman <laughs> from being Mike Brady. Thank you. <laughs> Although, sadly, it did delay by a few years the world discovering what a gifted comedian Gene Hackman is. That's true. Because he is quite uh, funny. That's that's Mike Brady. There was no comedy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So it would have it would have worked out the this same. This was anyway. the Brady bunch. There was people, no. Yeah, exactly. People would have still been surprised when they watched Young Frankenstein and like, I, I didn't know, know it could funny. be funny. <laughs> Fernando Ray is Alain Frog One Charnier. Guess how he wound up in the movie, Steve. He's French. They wanted somebody else. He thought, he thought they were hiring Francisco Rabal. He uh-huh. said, yeah, give me that, French, that Spanish guy. And they said, they, they cast Fernando Ray. <laughs> and he showed up, and he's like, who's that? <laughs> oh, well, too late. That ain't the one Fern- I wanted. Fernando's had a pretty long, and, and he's had a huge career outside of the United States. You might recognize him a little bit from other movies, like... Mm-hmm. Something, something foreign. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. I don't have. Do you have a movie? Another movie of his that you like? Not off the top of my head. Exactly. <laughs> Roy Scheider. Uh, Roy Scheider as Detective Buddy Cloudy Russo. You know who he is. Do I have to? Do I have to? <laughs> we gotta close the beaches. <laughs> and then jazz dance. Yes. Yes. Fascinating. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Tony Lo Bianco is Salvatore Salboca. Um, he's in. He was in Goodfellas, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. He's, he's one of been those in people. A lot of he's stuff. one of oh that guy. Yeah, we need a mobby guy. <laughs> is Tony Lo Bianco doing anything? Mm-hmm. Get his ass in here. Um, Marcel Bazuffi as Pierre Nicoli, the hitman dude. Frederic de Pasqual as Henry Devereaux. Bill Hickman as Bill Mulderig. Now, here's the funny thing. Bill Hickman plays the federal guy, yes. right? Federal agent. But he was also the stunt choreographer. Yes, he was. He was like a driving guy. He did most of the driving in that famous chase scene. Yeah, in this famous chase scene and the one that's better before it, Bullet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so he got cast in this. I guess they were shorthanded, and they're like, we need a federal guy. <laughs> Quick, get him. Um, Anne Rebot as Marie Charnier. 
uh, yeah, pay real close attention because I think aside from her, there's only one other woman in this movie. Harold Gary as Joel Weinstock, Arlene Farber, there she is, as <laughs> Anne Jiboka. Eddie Egan as Walt Simonson, a special guest appearance by my loudmouth cat. <laughs> Andre Ernaux as Lavalle, 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 Fuck it. <laughs> We're Americans. We talk like this. <laughs> Sony, Sony Grosso as Clyde Klein. Music by Don Ellis. Cinematography Owen Roisman. Edited by Gerald G. Greenberg. Production company Philip D'Antoni Productions. It was distributed by 20th Century Fox. Release date October. 9th, 1971. Running time, 104 minutes. Budget, 1.8 million. Box office, 51.7 million. I have to go murder a cat. <laughs> Come on, motherfucker. Uh-oh. Never, never get a cat, Steve. I can't believe you actually killed your cat. I killed it. I can't believe that. Why? <laughs> What it, deserve? Was, it was easy. I was going to fucking snitch. <laughs> it, it was easy. It's just a little tiny cat. I'm a big human. Yeah. It was like, it I'm took 10 seconds. <laughs> One-handed, I could do it. <laughs> Crush. All right. <clears throat> Steve, do you have anything that you would like to add before we go ahead and recap what happens in this film? I would just like to say for the record, I got confused and watched The French <laughs> Connection 2 and as a result became addicted to heroin. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, French Connection 2 features is basically the sequel to this, in which, yes, indeed, the, the mean bad guys addict the main character with by injecting, forcing him to inject heroin. And then oh, Gene, the 70s were gritty, weren't they? And then Gene Hackman was able to give a tour de force performance. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get an Academy Award again. Nope. Well, no, he got it for this. They're like, we're not yeah, giving yeah, you, we're not giving you two for the same he thing. He got it for shouting five lines, <laughs> but with conviction. I don't give a fuck. He's given better performances with conviction than this goddamn movie. <sighs> well, I do. Hey, guys. Um, did you know that The French Connection was the first film to win Best Picture? And, and the first R-rated film to win Best Picture, the Academy Awards? I did not the know The same that. year that they actually finalized them? Funny that. <laughs> anyway. Are you saying that that might not be a coincidence? I didn't say anything, did I? Okay, I didn't. no you didn't. You're the one that brought it up, Steve. I thought maybe I'm you were... I'm just the one that thought it was funny that once we had finalized the rating system, a vitally important thing, that many production companies were really afraid would keep people from going to the movie theater right. if something was rated R, right. happened to win the best, okay. not only best picture, but best director and best actor oh, yeah. and best editing and what? Yeah, it won five. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. it, it sounds like you're insinuating something. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. What, would I, what could I possibly be insinuating? It just, that maybe, maybe the Academy Awards is not much more than a tool of the motion picture industry in order to continue to pro- promote products? And that the best way to do that is to say, see, see, everybody, the R-rated films are scary. You can go see them. There was a super awesome. Look, this one won five Academy Awards. That thing that you like when you saw Judy Garland win one when you're a little kid. Go out and see one. Sure, there's cussing in it. And the N-word. So, it's fun. You like it. So you're not you're not saying 
Heaven for fed. You're not saying that the Academy Awards are given out not based on merit, but based on the given needs of the film industry at the time. You're not I'm saying gonna that. I'm going to keep implying it until you accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you might have a hidden agenda here. That's all. Um, my hidden agenda is, is, hey, guys, for those people who have been asking why we don't do an Academy Awards thing, there's your reason. <laughs> Wake up, they sheeple. don't. I'm sorry, the Academy Awards don't mean a fucking thing. It's not about merit, it's not about quality, it's not about anything, it never has, never will. That's right. The Academy Awards have been used to shore up whatever little holes in their armor they think they have that will prevent them from making huge amounts of money. For those people who are wondering how it is that The Shape of Water won for Best Picture, it's leading us up to the point where a superhero movie is going to win for Best Picture soon, and that's why they did it. It was like a halfway point between, you know, look, it's kind of nerdy, (laughs) we're going to do it, but it's also dramatic, so we're going to make that one win. Right, Steve? Uh, You know, now that you lay it all out in front of me like this, I don't know. Considering that the only movies that are really being released that are being watched by anybody are superhero films, and most people probably want to see a superhero film win Best Picture, the best way to lead people gently into that is to give them a kind of dramatic retelling of, of The Creature of the Black Lagoon. Right? What they need, well, I hope that, that the people from the Academy are on the phones with Marvel Studios going, you know, just keep making kind of good ones for a few more years. And then once you win the Oscar, we can just you can just tank the whole matter. thing. It doesn't matter. They'll they, you know what? They'll get they'll get a they'll get an Oscar just like Lord of the Rings did, which is supposed to represent all the ten billion you know yeah. movies they made in the last <laughs> ten years. You'll know the fix is in if Robert Downey Jr. accepts the award for a movie he's not even in. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to you this way. The only time that we get honest, honest votes in the Academy Awards is when the is when the motion picture industry thinks everything is fine. That's the only time it happens. <laughs> I think we can actually when let this one is, be legitimate this year, fellas. Yeah, when everything is fine, they're feeling secure and comfortable. You know, right before they make tragic, horrible mistakes like they always do. <laughs> they, that's when you can expect that some of you can watch the Academy Awards and go, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that one deserves to win. I can see that. That makes sense. Rest of the time, it's meaningless. That's right. If, and, and enjoy your enjoy your sparkly little show where you get to see the people get up. And basically, it's basically a trade show. Yeah, it's that's all it is, guys. So, so if you expect us to sit there and gush and clap our wee little hands because a bunch <laughs> of rich people gave other rich people solid gold statues for for their movies, I'm not gonna. Know. That's right. And all you, I mean, what people need to realize is if you want. To really invest in an award show that is legitimate and truly awards excellence and isn't just some kind of a commercial for the industry. You need to stick with the Golden Globes. They are so much better, <laughs> so much more upfront and straight. You're going to make me cry <laughs> soon. No. The SAG Awards. That's They're the one. all bullshit. That's the one. Here's the one that The counts. People's Choice Award. The one that's not on television. The one that doesn't have a dinner. The one where you just get something mailed to you. (laughs) And it's a handwritten note on notebook paper that's clearly been torn out of a notebook. Spelled wrong. And it's a paper certificate. (laughs) You have won Best Actor at the New York Film Critics Circle. Congratulations. Congratulations. (laughs) Oh, this is cool. Thanks, I guess. (laughs) I'll put this up on the refrigerator next to my kid's Mm -hmm. report card. (laughs) 
That's great. I feel wonderful. Are we done with our tirade now? Yeah, we could probably talk about the movie now. Okay, we're going to talk about the movie now. It's really... We needed to do that because I was getting emails going, are you guys going to talk about the Academy Awards? We never have. We're never going to. I'll tell you what, though. It was really sharp. We don't give a fuck. It was really sharp of us to fill 20 minutes just now because not a whole lot happens in this movie. (laughs) No, not a whole lot happens in this movie. (laughs) <laughs> so I mean, I mean, basically, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't care. I don't I haven't watched them in years and years and years. Yeah, and years. I didn't watch them this year. I don't think I watched them last year either. Yeah. yeah. So let's do the movie, shall let's we? Let's do. Let's talk about the things that happen in this. All movie. right, Steve, I'm gonna put my pork pie hat on. Yeah. We climb into this four seater piece of shit <laughs> car. This. Oh, this. All right. What is it? A Chrysler? Yeah. Something. Here, let me put a straw hat in the back window. Why? Because it's important. Okay. Uh, let's let's pick our feet and... <laughs> what the fuck did that mean? Do you do that? Because I, I have a guy in Poughkeepsie who saw you doing that. I didn't pick my feet in Poughkeepsie. I'm going to nail you for it. But what does that mean? I'm going to nail you for picking your feet in Poughkeepsie. But I just don't know what that means. I'm not going into the world until you tell me what that fucking means. You know what it means. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fine, fine. You got to chase me, copper. I'm running into <laughs> no, the world. Damn. On the French connection, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> Son of a bitch is here. Right, I saw him. Let's go. You ready? ready? Let's do let's it. Let's do it. All right, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, take it away. We. <laughs> there, I said my words. You said your words. It can begin now. Um, Let it begin. We, we we start out in France of all places. Can you believe that? What the fuck? I thought I was watching a gritty New York drama. It will. Well, we're getting there. But first, we got to start with a gritty Marseille drama. Oh yeah! First, we got to watch a guy eat a sandwich. Yeah, there's a guy eating a Woo! sandwich. The grit, <laughs> the realism. Ah, and he's following a guy. And we gotta watch a guy walk around with a baguette. It's, it's French. It's nice. It's just so we know. I mean, and they're see they're in Marseille, so they can't just have the Eiffel Tower to let us know that it's France. So they gotta. He has to stand in front of a road sign that's lettered in French, and he has to be carrying French. You know, and he has to say bread. like "zucalour," and he has to have like a like a like a beret on, and he's got to be a mime. Yeah, a horizontal striped shirt, striped shirt, smoking yeah, a cigarette, exactly. yeah. beating his wife. Excuse me, moi. <laughs> You know who I am is, so French all of a sudden. Do you know who is very funny is the Jerry Lewis. Genius. Uh-huh. Such a genius. So much better than this movie, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to put this bullet into your body now. <laughs> ah, I will help myself to your baguette. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, so what we just glossed over is the fact that guy with the baguette has been shot. Yes, he's 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 following the French guy, and then he he's on his yeah. way home. And there's another French yeah. guy with a gun, and he kills him, and now he's dead. That's right. Yeah, remember the face of the guys. Yes, because you will see them again. He will come back as a much stupider, yeah. much much stupider hitman. As the story so begins much to stupid. unfold, it's like. It's like, I don't understand. I came to America, and all of a sudden, I'm so much more stupider than I was back in my home country. (laughs) He's a stranger in a strange land. He doesn't know our ways. Whatever. So, now we're in Brooklyn. Yeah. And Santa Claus is talking to a bunch of kids. Yeah. And he seems like such a nice guy. Chief Brody's serving hot dogs. (laughs) Yes, yes. He's come down in the world. Actually, this is before that, so he's... Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he's safer there. He should stay in Brooklyn, yeah. (laughs) 
Anyway, so Santa's talking to a bunch of kids. This is the most dialogue you're going to hear in the entire goddamn movie, guys. And he looks inside a bar, and he sees a drug deal go down, and he gives the signal, and he starts ringing a bell. And Chief Brody goes, uh-oh, and he drops his, <laughs> his hot dogs, and they're going after some punk. Yeah. And the punk cuts, cuts Chief Brody. Well, we're going to stop calling him Chief Brody because it's not Chief Brody. No. He's a guy named Cloudy. Cloudy, yeah. Right? And he has a partner as a guy named Popeye. Popeye Doyle. Doyle. Okay, and then they run him down, and um, we got a, like a foot chase. Yeah, <clears throat> and we go from night to daytime, <laughs> like almost immediately. Boy, this the, this Salvation Army Santa works some weird hours, huh? <laughs> well, it was like night, and then they turn a corner, and then it's bright. It's the afternoon. It's the magic of montage. They've been chasing him for the entire night. Feels like they're still chasing. They've run all the way from Brooklyn to Manhattan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, then they run him down. We get some good old fashioned police brutality. Oh yeah, God bless America. And that's where he says, "You pick your feet," and Poughkeepsie, and he says, "Yeah, sure." After they beat him up and stuff, and yell at him and threaten him, they want to know where he gets his stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we then we cut back to Marseille. Yep, where. The world's most interesting man. <laughs> I don't has always a great dear fucking Halloween. life. I mean, there's no. <laughs> we basically see a dude who has like a fucking mansion on the water yep. and a beautiful wife, and the people are buying stuff for each other, and everything's like great. And, and I'm like, well, yay for this fuckhead. Why do I care? Yeah, I didn't automatically assume he was a drug kingpin. I just kind of thought this is just how French people live. I thought it was him. Yeah. I thought, you, you, well, of course, you have a mention, and if anyone looks at you for more than three and a half seconds, they're following you, and you can have them killed. Yeah, yeah. He's like a 50-something guy with like a 20-something wife. I figured that's a French that's guy. Right. That's just a French guy. Yeah. That's being French. Yeah. I mean, that's as far as I know. And then we cut back to the police station. Yeah, and, and uh, Cloudy and Popeye are are they they're done their shift, I guess. And right before yeah. they leave the the building, Popeye makes sure to drop some racism in there. Just yeah, so what know. racism is that, Steve? Since you like this movie so much, yeah. I'm gonna make you say it. I'm gonna make you say what Popeye said. What does Popeye say? Well, he he calls his partner and apparently best and only friend uh-huh. Cloudy a and an an anti Italian racial slur. What what one is that, it's, Steve? It's you know oh you, you know how you can go to the pet store and buy a guinea pig. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, I love that. It's like that only without the pig. You called him a pig. Yeah. Oh, without the pig. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad. That one. is. That's not a. It's, it's rude. It's a rude thing to say. What's the other one that he uses in <laughs> oh, the same sentence? The other one is the big one. <laughs> the one that you could get in a lot of trouble for. <laughs> <clears throat> the N dash dash yes. dash 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 word? The, the, the racist mother load, yes. Good thing it just uses a throwaway line to establish character, right? Yeah, yes, the, to establish <laughs> that he's not such a nice man. No, he's not. He's not, Steve. I know, I, he's not. He's a bad man. But he's our hero, I guess. He's, he's, yeah, he, well, he's our protagonist. So they go to a nightclub. Yeah. And this and this um, is where we we learn that not only is Popeye kind of racist, but he's also no fun at all because Cloudy thinks that they've gone out just to have a drink and relax, and Popeye immediately yeah. starts working again. Nah, his Popeye's Popeye sense starts yes. in the bar. <laughs> I can smell a drug connection somewhere in this room. And he sees a bunch of dudes, and they're all hanging out, and he's like, "Look at those dudes! They're bad dudes." 
And Cloudy's like, they are bad dudes. I bet they're doing bad dude stuff. And he's like, I bet they are too. <laughs> Should we follow them all night? <laughs> let's let's go outside and wait in the car and then do what we do for the rest of the movie, which is tail them. Won't that be fun? Fun, everybody? You ready to do that for the next five hours? Okay, great. Ready, set, follow. Meanwhile, in Goodfellas, because every time they cut back to this, 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 these obvious mobsters palling around, I had flashbacks to Goodfellas because that's what it fucking looked yeah. like. You just you're waiting for Ray Liotta to just let cut loose with yeah. that obnoxious laugh of his. Mm-hmm. Never happens though. Anyway, so they all come out. They wait for them to split up. They start following him around, and we get a following around scene. Meanwhile, the most fascinating man in the world meets uh, the guy who shot the guy. <gasps> you don't think they know each other, do you? I guess they, they do. They probably do. They're like, it is very unfortunate that you had to kill that man. And the other guy's like, yeah, I know. He's bad. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hey, look, here's this guy who's going to help bring the car that we're going to load with drugs into the country. He's a famous guy with the television. Say hi, guy. And he's like, hi, I think about it. And I want to help you with that smuggling of the heroin. (laughs) My my French is turning into French-Canadian quick. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't love the Quebecois? Come on, they're a wonderful people. French-Canadian. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to totally bring in this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're going to bring in all the heroin. <laughs> Won't that be great? Yay. <laughs> so happy That's to be part scene. of the team. <laughs> they all do thumbs up. Yeah. We get special rings. <laughs> We're a club now. Team heroin. Team heroin. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then what happens? Uh, oh, Brooklyn Steakout. Yeah. It's time for a Brooklyn Steakout. Now, you think that might mean, like, a barbecue. No, we're talking about... <laughs> what are they staking out? Are they staking out Saul's place? Saul's place, it's yeah. Saul's... Yeah, he, him and okay, his so wife they... owned a, own, like, a, a store or a diner or something. And uh... Yeah, they've been following around this guy, and they own, like, a little restaurant that only only makes $7,000 a year, but he can afford two cars, and, oh, that's suspicious, right? Yeah, he's throwing all that money around at the club. That's right. And so, uh, right after that, our heroes go into a bar that's predominantly... Um, Frequented by by who, Steve? By, by, by mostly, I would say it's fair to say African-American gentlemen. And, and how ladies. are they treated by our two protagonists? Not not super well. No. They're treated uh, like criminals. Right. Know? And, of course, there's no there's nothing in, to prevent us from thinking that because every single one of them has illegal drugs yep. or weapons or something, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like just like in real life. Uh-huh. And then uh, they go in. There's this one guy, and Papa's like, whoa, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. And he throws him into the bathroom, and what happens, Steve? It, it turns out that they're actu- they actually know each other, and he's not Do really they? and he's not really mad at him. This guy's just an informant. And oh. and he's like, hey, tell me things you know about things. And the guy's like, hey, there's a big shipment coming in soon. Of what, toys? And lots and lots and lots of drugs. What kind? Like cough medicine? Heroin. A heroin? Like the, you mean like a superhero like, woman? No, I mean like Vincent Vega's cough medicine. I don't know who you know Vincent what I'm Vega is. <laughs> no, I don't. You're confusing the shit out of me. The, you just said a big shipment. It could be a shipment of anything. The drug heroin. What? The narcotic Heroin. Are you saying that female superheroes no, are, the, are addictive? The opioid. Like, the Wonder drug. Woman's been pretty popular all these years. I'm saying the drug called heroin. The drug called heroin. The one they make. Oh, you mean junk? Yes. Horse. Yes. Horse, yes. Arm slapper. <laughs> Got it. Heroin. Smack. <laughs> yeah, smack. That's why they call it smack. 
<laughs> the arm slapper. <laughs> anyway, yeah, H. so sweet mama H. Yeah, okay, okay. we got it. <laughs> Understand now. Okay. But now they've got to convince the chief. <laughs> yes. And funnily enough, the chief is played by who, Steve? Eddie Egan. And what is Eddie Egan's claim to fame? He's the actual guy that this movie is based on. He's the actual detective yeah. that the, the character is based on. Popeye Doyle yeah. is based on him. That's yeah. right. And uh, he needs convincing, right? Oh, yeah. Because Doyle's hunches have, uh, they haven't Proven paid fatal. out. fatal. They haven't paid off in the past, yeah. That's right. And But, okay, so they convince him. Oh, no, the French are there. Oh, no, no, they've unloaded the car. <laughs> the car. Something important and about that car. Had the French guys just driven the car directly to the guy and said, here is the car full of drugs. Thank you for the money. <laughs> and left, which is a simple thing, but apparently it takes five weeks for these idiots to do. Well, now part of that is on the American You shut show. up. It's the big plot hole if they just went, broom, here is the drugs. Money, leave. <laughs> The French Connection, directed by William Friedkin. Here's something you can do to throw them off. Get nine guys all dressed the same. <laughs> Have them all leave the hotel at once. Only one guy is going to be following the oh, right one. Hope you'll pick the right one. <laughs> Make it a game for them. They enjoy it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I forgot I was going to be able to do my horrible French accent for most of this review. Um, oui, oui. So, uh, stuff happens. That's what I wrote. Stuff! <laughs> um, Doyle fucks a girl. I mean, <laughs> he shows up at his apartment? Does he show up at... Cloudy shows up at his Cloudy apartment. Cloudy shows up at Doyle's apartment, yeah. Doyle is not doing well for himself. No, no. Doyle's house is gross. Yep. He's got a bicycle that he's never ridden. Nope. Because he's got a physique like a tube of toothpaste. And there's a girl that's handcuffed him to his bed because, you know, she's the wild, crazy kid. And he's like 45, sleeping with 19-year-olds. He's gross. <laughs> he's a gross guy. This is as much character as we're going to get. This is as much backstory but, about this character we're getting. But he's technically a good guy. How? He and Because he's on the side of the law. No, he's the, not. The law and order. He's not. He's not. He keep, we don't know why he does what he, he does. He keeps junk off the streets. Anyway, <laughs> then we go to a car auction. Because they have to buy a car. Because they have to buy the, a car. The French, why do the they have to people. buy a car? <laughs> because they're going to switch the cars with another car. Why are they doing we, that? Well, we haven't found out yet, but I think maybe they have drugs idea. in the car. You drive the car, you drop it off, they take the drugs out, and it, then the actor man goes, Oh, no, someone has stolen my car. I cannot believe I drive to America, and my car she gets stolen. <laughs> the end. Sacre bleu. <laughs> yeah. I forgot everyone in this is stupid. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> More tailing. That's all I wrote, because that's all it is, is just Popeye Doyle and, and Cloudy tailing, I think, uh, everybody back to the hotel. Yeah, right? and they get a, they get a, they get wiretaps, and they listen, and eventually they hear, uh, they, they, they catch a, f um, a phone call where mm -hmm. Sal is told to go to a particular meeting the yes. next day, and they're like, okay, this is it, this is the big one. Yeah, 
And so now they're trying to tail him in the car, and the guy in back is a fed. Yeah. And he doesn't like Doyle at all. No. And then, oh, no, they almost lose what's-his-nuts in the car. Yeah. And then there's tailing and more tailing <laughs> and even more tailing going on. <laughs> and then they finally tail what they call Frog One eventually. Yeah. All the way back to his hotel room. And Doyle says, I'm pretty sure I've been made, which means that the guy's seen him yeah. and knows that he's being followed. Right? Yeah. And then we have a long scene where we find out if the junk is pure. And whoo! You know, I was really worried about that, Steve. <laughs> I was really worried about how pure the heroin was going to be. I was nervous that they were trying to pass off some substandard skag, but it turns out... (laughs) Turns out it's A1 pure, wonderful goodness. Yeah, this dope is dope! Everyone can sleep well tonight knowing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, back. More tailing! (laughs) And, um, oh, he's definitely been made now, huh, Steve? Oh, yeah, because, well, what happens is Popeye shows up at the hotel where Frog One is staying, and because everybody in this movie is bad at their job, he walks right by the feds who are there supposed to watch him, like they're distracted, and he Mm -hmm. just kind of breezes on by, so Doyle's like, well, hell with this, I'll follow him myself, and... That's right, and do a piss-poor terrible job and make sure that he understands exactly who's following him because they eventually, after nine and a half hours of following a man, looking through windows, you heard me, people, you heard me, that's what happens. We watch the dude window shop for about, I don't know, half your life, and then he finally goes down into a subway, and he gets on the subway, and Popeye Doyle gets onto the subway car, and then dude gets off the subway car, and then Papa Doyle gets off the subway car too, and then the guy gets back on the subway car, and so then he gets back on the subway car, and then guy gets off again and goes to go get a drink, and <laughs> Popeye pulls a lady off and starts talking to him, so it looks natural that he's been getting off, and then he pretends to put you on the phone, and then he calls the feds, and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> then he orders a grape drink. And, and the grape drink magically turns into a caramel apple. Did you notice that? Yeah, <laughs> the grape drink turns into a caramel apple. That's what they call them in New York. It's different. <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, the world's most interesting man gets back onto the train, and this time he doesn't get back on. And he waves his little fingers at him yes. and says, "Goodbye, I have beaten you." Ha ha ha! The end. No. <laughs> I think the phrase you're looking for there is mm-hmm. a thrilling game of cat and mouse. I think it's one of the most ridiculous <laughs> funny scenes I've ever seen in my life. Oh, he's on the train. Oh, he's off the train. Oh, he's back on the train. It is ridiculous. They're not even attempting to pretend that they're not following each other at this point. Bare minimum pretending not to be followed or following. <laughs> Who, me? No, no, no. I'm just talking to someone on the no, phone, I'm just sir. just in and off of this train that seems to be parked at the station for an abnormally long period of time for a subway I know. Car. Like, why doesn't Doyle just say fuck it and shoot him at this point? Like, <laughs> you know what? What are we doing here? <laughs> There, over. Mm-hmm. Fuck the heroin. Done. No more drug deal. Fuck the heroin. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that their meeting is in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And he meets there. The French guy meets there with Saul. And Saul's like, um, I don't know. They need more time. And French guy's like, we could just driven it up and you could have taken it. It would have been no big deal. And he's like, don't worry. Everything's fine. And next came my next 
the next funniest fucking thing in this movie is these two guys are talking back and forth. They're talking about, oh, don't worry, everything's fine. And there's a person sitting on some raised steps yep. who immediately, in plain sight of anybody, starts looking at him through, through binoculars. binoculars. And I bet he's reading their lips, how 9000 style. <laughs> huh? um, uh, now we cut to an unrelated car crash, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It's I'm not sure what uh, what this has to do with Why the main story. Why it's in there? I guess they wanted to. You know, okay, remember that thing I told you about the R rating thing, Steve? Uh huh. Not a whole lot of blood in this movie for an R rating. Yet. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's. We, so how do you fix that? Well, we got to show some dead people in a car wreck, I guess. With blood all yeah, over the it's, place. It's right? like a. It, for a few seconds, it's it's like a, a driver's ed training film. Yeah, for no reason. If only she had worn her seatbelt. <laughs> oh, wait, there is a reason, and that is to make sure that this gets an R-rating. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Well, mission accomplished. <laughs> anyway, at this crime scene, or this accident scene... Um, oh, this is also... The, this is where we get the, yeah. you're off the case, Doyle scene. Yeah, yeah, you're off the case, Doyle, because you someone died because of one of your hunches before. You're a loose cannon, Doyle. Yeah, and Cloudy's like, no, no, actually, I have no, I don't do anything anymore. <laughs> Why are you punishing me? <laughs> Keep pushing and I'll take more than your case, I'll take your badge. You know, no. he doesn't say so that, now but he should Yeah, he should have. So now we cut back and now uh, Popeye's coming back from the grocery store, it's off the case. And he's starting to realize, you know what, maybe maybe my approach to police work is, is wrong. Maybe <laughs> I need to trust my partner. You know, maybe I should go back to the police academy, learn a little bit more. Stop assuming that uh, there are people that I cannot and can't trust. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. I, Popeye Doyle, I'm going to drop the Popeye part. Because, you know, that's kind of an insulting nickname. <laughs> I'm going to be Detective Doyle from here on out. I am going to help everyone and everybody. That's right. Right after I get done delivering my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> so remember when I told you that the hitman gets real stupid when he gets in the United States? Yeah, here's that scene. <laughs> here's that scene. <laughs> so basically, Frog One goes to the hitman and he says, "Hey, listen, um, I'm pretty sure that detective saw me." And Frog One's like, "We'll kill him." And Frog One's like, "We're only gonna be here for a week. <laughs> I think we could just." Chill, just cool it for a few days? No, no, no. I want you to assassinate Might as him. Well. <laughs> I want you to publicly assassinate him. At the beginning of the movie, the guy that the assassin shot was someone who was investigating yeah. Frog One. The way he was assassinated was he shot him from a darkened doorway, you know, from about five feet away. Right. right? right. In America. <laughs> he got to make things more complicated. I mean. Yeah. How complicated? He's got to take several shots at him. From, from the, the roof. sniper rifle <laughs> from the roof of an apartment building. Yep. And what? who does he kill instead of... He kills oh just a random passerby. He kills a mom yeah. pushing a pushing a stroller because we need that already. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he chases him down and he shoots him in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <So> then, <laughs> skip it a little bit, but basically... What am I skipping? Did I skip something? Well, he... There is, uh, you know, there is a, a very famous and iconic chase scene in between the the shooting and the shooting. 
But is it any different than he chases him down and shoots him in the back and then we go on? Well, I mean, technically no, but, you know, what there's a lot of What important plot-driven things happen between he's, that's omitted he, from my retelling of it? He takes a, steals a car. Okay, so and, he steals a car, chases him down, shoots him in the back. And the, and the guy, the the assassin guy, takes, he commandeers the, the train. Oh, that's right, he does. And then and the, and the kills, train conductor has a heart attack. <laughs> and he shoots. He kills. I think he kills another black person. No, he kills the white dude. It's he like, kills. Easy, buddy. Just give up. <laughs> is it? Oh no, he kills. Well, a, he kills a black police officer. The the the, the cop. Yeah the, yeah, the the yeah the cop on the train. He kills him, mm-hmm. and then he kills. Okay, so he made. But to make it even, he, he also kills a white guy. Yeah. So you know, just and then so they you don't crash into another train. Yeah. Meanwhile, down below, Doyle's killed like nine people. <laughs> He's just running people guy. over left and right. And you gotta wonder, oh boy, I can't wait until he catches him and brings him in and they can pump this guy for information, right, Steve? They're gonna pump yeah. him for, oh boy, we'll cut you a deal if you just give me the lead guy. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna get him. Is that what happens, right, Steve? Nope, That's he dirty harries him. What do you mean? He just, he just, I mean, he just kills him. He, he catches up to him and he shoots him dead. Even right there. dirty Harry shot him facing him. <laughs> Doyle shot him in the back while he was fleeing. <laughs> Unarmed. What kind of cop shoots a man in the back, Doyle? Even I have standards. <laughs> you make me sick. Speaking of which, guess what came out this year, too? Oh. Yeah, Dirty Harry came out this year. Dirty Harry. 71 was a big year mm-hmm. for cop movies. It was. Violent cop movies. Violent. The movies where the cops don't really do much <laughs> police work. They just kill people. Anyway, after several <laughs> minutes of mayhem, we're back to... Uh... Yes. Following. <sighs> we're back to following... More tailing, tailing, then a lengthy stakeout. Then Popeye Doyle's Popeye sense goes off again, and he goes, <laughs> There's something about that Lincoln Continental. I just, I know there's something wrong about it. So I they, like that car. They do a bust. They bring in the car. Yeah. They tear it apart. They put it back together. They tear it apart again. They're looking all <laughs> over the place because they're looking for the drugs, right? Yeah. Looking for the drugs. Oh, they can't find the drugs. And it turns out the drugs are hidden in the one part of the car that for some reason they didn't take apart. Why didn't they? I don't have any yeah, idea. Because they get to the end part and they're like, this is, oh boy. <laughs> They've literally taken the part, the car completely apart. Except and for one goes, of the most obvious places to hide drugs. Come on, Bing Bong, or whatever your name is, police garage guy. <laughs> Bing Bong. I don't know what is. What was his name? Irv. Irv. Thank you. Irv. Jesus. He has a name, sir. Fucking crime nerd. Anyway, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> Cloudy's like, hey, you know what? There, this pounds. The, the car's 120 pounds heavier than it's supposed to be. And he's like, I don't understand. I've taken that entire car apart except for that one space where you could technically hide 120 pounds of heroin. I don't get it. I've checked everything but the drug panels. What did you say? The drug panels. The drug panels. They're made into these cars now. Well, let's check those. And wouldn't you know it. Lo and behold. So they take them out and verify they're there. Put it back in the car. Put the entire car back together. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Apparently, they put the entire car back together. Mm, so that the French television guy who's like, I want my car. And they go, okay, come on. And they give him the car back. <laughs> and now it's time for what, Steve? Oh, yeah. Now it's time for the big bust. Yeah. So we got to show the guys showing up and they're showing up at an abandoned warehouse. Yeah. And they're going to do the drug swap. And mm-hmm. now we have to reconfirm something that we as an audience already know. <laughs> And that's that the heroin is super pure, pure, 
Yeah. They make the exchange, which is witnessed by nobody. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of I would just like to oversight. bring that up. Witnessed by no one. Would have been nice to have a cop there just to see it. Yeah, so, so you could, could tell get both a, sides. So we could tell a judge, oh, yeah, I saw them. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, so then they're like, yay, we're going to do it. And they're like, ah, they got the money. And this is, you know, what's his name's big day. And oh, yeah, no, Sal, yeah. here comes the cops. <laughs> oh, yeah. Popeye gets his big moment where he gets to wave back at Frog One. Yeah, and then all the cops show up, and then we start a shootout, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, we sure do. And who gets two in the gut? With bang shotgun. bang! Oh, Sal! Sal yeah, does. yeah. Cloudy takes care of him. Yeah, bye, Sal. Stupid. Should, that's what you get for going up against the law, Sal. <laughs> that's what you get for being Tony Lobianco in a cop movie, buddy. <laughs> you really think you were going to make it to the end of this one? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, so he dies. Uh oh, Frog One gets run off somehow. The old yeah. man has somehow managed to avoid capture and run off. Everyone else is giving up, and Popeye's like, no, I'm going to go get him. He runs in there by himself, and then we got a bunch of just walking around in a gross, abandoned thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Cloudy finally catches up to him and goes, I'm going to help you. And he's like, great. And then someone comes through a door, and Popeye spins around and empties his gun into Boy. him. <laughs> and now we learn a very important lesson about firearm safety, What's don't that, we? Steve? Don't shoot at something unless you know what you're shooting at. And what was he shooting at? Well, he thought he was shooting at Frog One, but it turns out he just straight up murdered one of the federal agents, Not Agent Mulderin. Yeah, the one that was in the back of the car. He killed a yeah. federal agent. Cloudy yeah. goes, you, kill, you killed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of messed up, dude. And what, is, what does Popeye say? He, he As he reloads he goes, his gun, I am what I am. <laughs> and he runs. <laughs> he went first. He... <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? He reloads his gun and he, he tells Cloudy, he says, that son of a bitch is here. I saw him and I'm going to get him. And then he runs off. And then what? And then that's it. We hear no. a gunshot. And then that's we the hear the what? We hear a gunshot. A gunshot. Yeah. Then what? And then we get the Fast Times at Ridgemont High epilogue where we learn what happened to everybody. And what after happened the movie to everybody? Because the way it's shot, it makes it seem like either he shot somebody or somebody shot him. Or something happened. What happened, Steve? Well, according to the epilogue, um, the of Vokas, these made-up characters. So it's the, not yeah, really... yeah, yeah. We're here in case I'm going to tip you guys to... off to something. If you have an epilogue in which you show pictures of people with like the little thing underneath saying what happened to them after the story was over, you haven't done your job as a screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what happens to the imaginary people in the movie after the movie's over. Um, it turns out that most of the drug people uh, either escaped serious punishment or, you know, just served like small minor sentences in, in, in prison for... What about Frog r- One? Sure, well, surely we got Frog One. We followed him around for what feels like most of my natural life. Well, you know, that's interesting because we, we do learn that uh, Devereaux, the actor, spends a few years in prison for his role, but uh, Frog One was never captured and is believed to be living in France. So uh, Popeye Doyle's the one that got shot at the end of the movie, right? Right before oh, we went no. to blacked out. No, no. Uh, Doyle and, and Cloudy were transferred out of the narcotics division. Into, into what? I don't know. It doesn't say. just says they were reassigned to something else. Mental rehab? <laughs> yeah. And then that's it? That's the whole movie? The end? That's that's the end of the movie. What? That's that's the end. 
How is that the end of the movie? The last thing we see is him going, I'm going to get that son of a bitch. He runs away, blackout, gunshot. Not an ending to a movie, Steve. It's not. Jason, that's the end of the movie. That's a Shives ending to a movie. That's not a Harding ending to a movie. (laughs) Well, this is a Shives movie, baby. All right, Steve, fine. You know what? Fine. You know what? Fine. Fine. (laughs) I love it. Okay. This is how you want to be? Fine. (laughs) You want to play it this way, huh? I want you to say, I want you to say, is it possible (laughs) that you picked your (laughs) your (laughs) in Poughkeepsie? (laughs) You know, while you're talking, I'm going to find out if that means something. (laughs) Okay. Actually, I have a theory as to what it means. What does it mean? Okay, go for it. Go well. Let's okay, Steve. How do you feel about this okay. crime drama? To end all crime dramas, which Indeed. it really didn't do, kind of kicked them all off. <laughs> <laughs> the French Connection. Okay, the, I, I want to start off by saying I agree with you completely about the epilogue. I think I hate it any time any movie, whether it's a documentary or a fiction film fades to black and then fades back up and says here's what happened after the movie i i think that is (laughs) always unnecessary i don't like it here i think the much better ending is to just go to black after he runs after him the last time and you hear the gunshots it's the opposite of narrative closure yeah it, it exactly it's here's a bunch of stuff that we think is important enough to tell you but not important enough to actually put in the movie Mm mm-hmm which means you either should have actually put it in the movie or just, and, and this is usually the case, just left it the fuck out entirely. I don't, don't even like it. it when they're telling real real story, when they're telling nonfiction no. stories. I don't like it. Neither do I. Neither do I. I think if it's important enough to be in the movie, put it in the movie. Mm-hmm. If it's not important enough to be in the movie, then why are you telling me, you know, why are you putting up titles at the end? Then they lived 80 mm-hmm. more years. Oh. <laughs> Would you like it if Star Wars ended when they leave the Death Star and then in a title card afterwards it says... Luke Luke went on to destroy the Death Star. Princess Leia continued to, you know, that's not yeah. satisfying. Just put it in the movie if you want me to know it. Yeah, so I completely agree with that. It's to me it, it doesn't cuz I I like this movie. I like this movie a lot. I know you um do. but I do not like I I don't like the epilogue. It's one of those things where it I you could improve the movie immediately just by cutting that out cuz you don't need it. And mm-hmm. it winds up being completely written over by the sequel anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, yeah. who fucking cares? But um but as far as the, the the feet picking thing, to me, I always interpreted that as Doyle's attempt to put the person they're interrogating um, in 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 an uh, in an uneasy position to try to confuse them. Yeah. He's intentionally saying something that he knows the person won't have an answer for to put them off balance. Um, that's what I think that's about. Because that, he uses he says the same thing to multiple people in the movie. That's like his go to move is mm-hmm. you know you pick your feet. Hey, you pick your feet, and the guy's supposed to be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> you know, and it's it's to put you off balance. Yeah. Um, that's what I think. Review that's my it. Theory. <laughs> okay. So here's what all of the things it's weird because all of the things we've been making fun of and and the things that I think it's it's safe to predict that you don't like about the movie mm-hmm. um in terms of its structure and and the way the story unfolds are are for the most part the things that I like about it. I like the fact that it's narratively very simple. I like the fact that it is structured as a series of chases or if you prefer a series of tailings. <laughs> um because I think that that is that is the character of Doyle that we're shown. He's not a good person. He's not even shown to be especially good at his job. Um, he's, but he's driven. 
he has this complete, we see him as living this completely joyless existence where the only thing that matters to him is pursuing people. And almost every scene is about him pursuing a person or pursuing something. Even when he picks up the girl, like we see him picking up the girl on, we don't actually see him picking her up, but we see him following her on the bicycle. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the aftermath. Um, we, he's always pursuing people. Even the scenes of them taking the car apart it's edited as though it's a chase. It's as though it's a pursuit. They're they're looking for something in the car. The ser- the the whole film is just a series of chase scenes, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And and some people might find that too simplistic. Some people might find that boring. And and <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, stop it, inner voice. <laughs> pursuits, pursuits. Okay. Pursuit and indicates speed. There's no speed. It's just. <laughs> It's just following people around on foot. Obviously, obviously it's not for everybody. But it's a chase I think, scene if you're an invalid. But, but I think, Look at the speed of those two! Oh, that's Gra- what, three, maybe four miles an hour. Grandpa, did you find your pills yet? Get no, away from I've been me! I've chasing them all day. I'm not supposed to be watching television. Who are you? Grandpa, stop saying the N-word so much. You don't need to talk that way. Oh. Fuck you! <laughs> anyway, I talk- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to interfere in your... In the 70s, you could talk however you wanted. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, 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 it, it, it connects with me because it's simplistic, because it's direct, because the police work that we see being done, it, it, it's not what up to that time was more of a typical police story where you see where it's not built on the detectives making deductions and following a case in more of like a Sherlock Holmes type of way where they're, they're piecing together a story based on evidence and clues. It's much more simple and direct. It's, it's, okay, we're going to solve this case by finding out who the important people are and we're just going to follow them and see where they go. And it becomes a battle of wills, not so much a battle of a battle of, of intellect. It becomes, you know, can I keep up with you? Can I follow you to the end? Can I make it to the end where you're, where you're going to be, where I need to get with you in order to catch you? Um, and, and, I, and that appeals to me. I think it works for that reason. And I think Gene Hackman's performance, even though it, there's not a lot of dialogue, he inhabits this character with a lot of conviction and a lot of intensity where he doesn't he's not a pleasant person he's not a likable person he's not a particularly heroic person you're right there is, there really is nothing to make him a good guy other than the technicality that he happens to be a policeman tracking down a, a drug kingpin but i don't think he's supposed to be a good guy i don't think we're supposed to admire him or to think that he's a heroic role model type character. I think we're supposed to get that he is this this utterly committed guy who for whatever reason draws all of the the meaning for his life from this constant pursuit. He's always chasing something. And that's why the ending before the epilogue is so perfect because we leave him mid chase. We leave him as we found him. He's he's always chasing people. We meet him in the beginning where it looks like he's Santa Claus. He's actually staking somebody out. He's chasing someone. He's pursuing someone. He's after something. And we leave him at the end of the movie. He's still after something. The chase for him never ends. They really wanted him Even- to put on that Santa suit again. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah. off. Gotta, gotta finish this. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch Frog One the way the only way I know how. And he pulls out the Santa suit this and puts is it on. End the way it started. <laughs> ho 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 <laughs> here comes santa claus here comes santa claus well, i'm just um, saying don't surprise me at any point in the rest of the day <laughs> 
But anyway, that's pretty much that. That's 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 pretty much all I have to say about it. I I, I admire the movie. It's um, I think it's one of, in my opinion, I think it's one of the best films to ever win Best Picture. Uh, I think I think Gene Hackman. I think Gene Hackman is fantastic in it. I think Roy Scheider is is terrific in what is yes a very thankless role because nobody ever talks about him in this movie and his character sometimes seems like the people in the other characters in the movie barely even know he's there. It's a totally thankless role, but he does a very good job. Um, and he probably looks like a nice guy just because he's so in, in such close proximity to Popeye the whole time. And Popeye is such an asshole. Um, but, but it's a good, it's a good performance and it's a really good film. So I liked it is what I'm saying. Yay. Hey guys, guess what? I liked it too. When I was 15. Oh, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> I haven't seen this movie in that long. And I will say this much. There's a lot. I forgot about this movie. <laughs> oh, boy. So let's get to my 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 version of what it was like to watch this movie. This is this is our this is a Rashomon. This is our <laughs> yes. Stop referencing better movies. Two men witness the same film, but have completely different stories. It um, can't be true. <laughs> Stop it. Um, I partially agree with some of the things that Steve says. However, the things that engage Steve failed to engage me. And the main reason is that where they could have easily... Number one, they needed to decide which whose story they were going to tell. Were they going to tell Popeye Doyle's story mm -hmm. and the tale of the cops? Or were they going to tell the most interesting man in the world story <laughs> and what's going on? Because quite honestly, we got more of his backstory than we ever got of Popeye Doyle. Aside from him being a cop, and aside from him, one of his hunches, getting a cop kill, which, killed, which is never brought into clear, defined focus, not only do I know that rich French guy used to be a crane operator and worked at the docks, but he's made himself into basically a, a millionaire. Yeah. And that he has a large network, and he's going to work this thing where he's going to deliver a whole bunch of heroin. I don't have that much for Popeye Doyle. It's got any name. I have no idea why they call him Popeye. Do you? No, they never explain it, and I have or no why, idea. Or why Cloudy's called Cloudy. I don't need nope. that, necessarily. I don't need explanations as to why he's got names like that. What I need, what I really need, <laughs> what I desperately need, and it doesn't mean, mean that he needs to be a good guy. I love Goodfellas. None of those people are good guys. <laughs> But I'm engaged <laughs> with them simply because they, you know, in that in that movie, they provided us with an in to see what they're like outside of just their job. We really don't get a chance with that with, with, with Doyle or with Cloudy, for that matter. Cloudy could have kids and a wife and who knows. But he's even less developed <laughs> than Popeye <laughs> Doyle is. <clears throat> it's amazing to me that Hackman won Best Actor for this role, considering how very, how little there is to it, and how little that he can convey based on the amount of, you know, based on the character that's provided. It is a lot of Hackman running around and shouting, you know? There's not a whole lot... <sighs> There's not a whole lot of meat to him. And I think the reason why I feel that way is mainly because Popeye Doyle was put into a printing press and he was made again and again and again all throughout the 70s and 80s. They were just like, we need another Popeye Doyle. There you go. His name's Kojak. Here you go. This guy's named Beretta. Here you go. This guy's named McLeod. He's like Popeye Doyle, except he's a cowboy. 
it just <laughs> that was the 1970s on television, and that's what it was on 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 uh, in movies as well. The difference was was we spent a lot enough more time with the TV and other movie versions of this kind of prototypical gritty, you know, sh- nothing but shades of gray police detective. He's like this proto character. And the problem with this proto-character is is that there is not enough there for me to get engaged with or for me to even care about. Mm-hmm. If we had just spent just a tiny bit more time fleshing out his relationship with Cloudy, fleshing out his relationship to his own job, if he seemed to have any <sighs> strong emotions about anything other than, <laughs> I'm going to get this guy all of a sudden at the end of the movie because he got away from me on a train. And that more boy, ooh, it made me so angry. He was more upset than the dead woman who got shot instead of him when the crazy French sniper went crazy and went, I don't need to do things in secret anymore. <laughs> I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot 90 times at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That was the other thing that kind of bothered me is when I was watching it, I was kind of like, they wouldn't just do this. They would do it. They'd do it quick. They'd have stuff set up. They'd just bring the car in, bang, trade, money, gone. That would be it. And I know that they're trying to base this stuff on some of the real life things that happened, but the real life things that they were basing it on, I think those crimes were 10 years old, but they were setting it in 71. And in 71, they realized we don't have to do all this shit. We can just bring drugs. Exchange money and then leave. <laughs> Work out the details ahead of time. So there's that. Does it bother me that he's a racist? Not really. It makes him more realistic for the time period. I'll say that much. Yeah. Am I bothered by how there's no people of color that isn't a criminal in the movie? Yes. <laughs> But then again, everybody in this movie seems to be a criminal, no matter where they're from. No one escapes unharmed. Um, am I a little bothered that that entire car crash scene is put in there to get to earn the R rating? I, pretty much. Yeah, that bothers me a lot. Um, and also that this movie seemingly was pushed to be able to convince people, hey, R-rated movies are interesting. They're thrillers. There's, oh boy. And people, and here's the other thing. This movie was influential because, hey, Steve, was there a detective movie like this before? Before this came out? No. What was detective stuff like before this came out? It was... Dragnet is what yeah. it was. It was procedurals. Come on, Joe. We got to get down there and talk to the old lady. Look at those kids whacked out on goofballs, I tell you. <laughs> sure, you think it's fun the first two or three times, but pretty soon you're looking for your fix and you'll be willing to knock over anybody, even your own grandmother. Isn't that right? That Joe, you're on a tear again. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they have to hear. Everybody has to hear. Everybody has to hear what I have to say. Someone's got to tell them. Who's going to tell them? You? Well, you, if you'd let me talk, shut up. Are you going to tell them? Are you going to tell them, Joe? Huh? Shut the fuck up. Shut what about, up, Joe. What about you, little leprechaun that lives under my head? What? <laughs> you want me to what? <laughs> anyway, but up until this point, most procedurals were pretty clean. Yeah. Detectives were nice guys. Maybe a little driven. Maybe beaten down a little bit by the job. Maybe married to the job. Who knows? But not racist, horrible people that sleep with girls that they meet on bicycles and stuff. <laughs> That's right. After this movie, you got Joe Don Baker, buddy. Oh, shit, That's thanks what a you lot. Got. Even more reason to not like this movie. <laughs> Mitchell. 
Mitchell. He's like Popeye Doyle, only he's not even that good at his job. <laughs> he's like Popeye Doyle if he ate Popeye Doyle. <laughs> Popeye Doyle played by a shittier actor and even less competent at his chosen profession. <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'll recognize it for its historical significance, but you're not going to get me to say it's a good movie because it doesn't engage me on a narrative level. The, the, the ending of this movie is nothing but fail. Okay, it's nothing but fail. If they had stuck to their guns, developed this character, solidified him up a little bit, got us to understand, okay, this guy is an obsessive wackadoo, and really kind of <laughs> drove that home, allowed us to see the character through his partner's eyes, when he turns and says, no, I'm going to get him, and then he runs off into the darkness, gunshot, no ending credit, bullshit, anything, that was the end of the movie, I'd be on Steve's side of the fence. I'd be like, yay, French connection! But instead, it's like, you had no <laughs> ending, didn't you? You didn't have an ending to this. And like, should we have the French guy get caught and die? Should we leave him alone? Or did we run out of film when he ran down this corridor? And we're like, oh! What are we gonna do, Bill? I don't know. We can punch. Oh. We're gonna Fox end it with... in two weeks. We don't have an ending. Grab some frames out of the fucking movie, and we're gonna just put the titles underneath it. They'll be the end. <laughs> they'll think it's they'll think it's already. Fuck it. We'll do the dragnet ending. So yeah, and guys, if you haven't seen it and you're expecting there to be a you know zippy peppy dialogue or something like that, you're not getting it. This was the reason why this hit so hard and why it was a drama was because most people weren't ready for they weren't expecting this kind of movie yet. A lot of fuck yous and up, shove it up your ass and I'm going to suck your dicks and stuff like that. I don't know if that was sad, but I'm just making, I'm making the assumption. Tackman probably said that at some yeah. point. Yeah. Cram, it up, character. cram it up your ass and I'm going to shoot your ass. A lot of stuff with ass. <laughs> I'm going to shoot your I'm ass, shoot you your ass. ass with my ass. Stick my <laughs> ass up your ass, you fucking ass. Throw in some racial uh, <laughs> racial expletives in there. You know, and then all of a sudden it feels gritty and real and and wow, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But does it feel that way now? Nope. I'm glad Steve still likes it. But (laughs) (laughs) I was amazed at how little information about the French Connection is still out there, considering how influential it was. Um, But now watching it, there's not... The skeleton's pretty skinny, and there's not a whole lot on the skeleton. (laughs) I'm glad Steve liked it. And I can see what he appreciates about it. I honestly can. But there's not enough here to make soup, really. There's not enough bones and flesh to make soup. And um, if you really, really, really like crime and crime procedurals, and you really want to see where the, our modern take on that came from, watch The French Connection. Because, quite honestly, it's a lot more realistic than Dragnet ever was. <laughs> and up until that point, most people thought Dragnet was the real deal. And they were stupid. <laughs> because... <laughs> It wasn't. <laughs> All right, so, Steve, what do you think of my, what I think about what you thought? <laughs> I'll settle down. Just because it's twice in a row doesn't mean anything. We can't agree on everything. Just no, because, you have some, huh? You, you have some good points. Well, I mean, I, it's, I will, yeah. I will say this, uh, talking about Gene Hackman performances, uh, three years after this movie, 
uh, Gene Hackman gave maybe his best performance ever in a movie called The Conversation. Yep. That j- had the very bad luck to be released the same year as Godfather Part Two, when yeah. that movie won everything. And Hackman did not even get a nomination no. for Best Actor for that movie, which no. is one of the great travesties in Oscar history. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen The Conversation, well, we'll, we'll we're going to review it eventually. Yeah. The con- and I will say, The Conversation, I think, is a better movie than this, and it's certainly a better Hackman performance. And I wonder if if that had come out a different year, or perhaps if if uh, Hackman had not already won Best Actor for French Connection previously, mm-hmm. maybe he would have been a little bit more recognized for that at the time, mm-hmm. uh, because that's a fantastic performance. Or if the MPAA hadn't told the Oscars to make sure to, that a R-rated movie wins for everything. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna play ball or what? I'm not. I'm not letting this bone go, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I just. It feels like you're insinuating something there. I'm not. I'm no, not. No, no, you're you're flat out saying it. You just <laughs> said, Steve. The French <laughs> Connecting, classic or not classic? Classic. I'm gonna say classic. Caveat: You <laughs> probably won't like it. Roger Maris classic with an asterisk at the end of it. It's gonna be one. Definitely one of those movies that I think is going to diminish more and more as it goes on. One, usually what happens with a classic film is that you have dialogue that's memorable or something that's really memorable. Like, like Gone with the... Not Gone with the Wind. Well, sure, <laughs> fuck it. Gone with the Wind has a couple of lines that are going to survive for a little while. Casablanca, definitely. And characters that are going to survive for a little while. There's nothing definitive with the character of Popeye Doyle that says, Oh, that's Popeye Doyle! You can say that because there's no memorable lines in this other than where you picking your feet in Poughkeepsie. And if I said that to someone on the street, they'll just think I'm a crazy person because no one remembers it from that movie. (laughs) Hey, French Connection, right? (laughs) (laughs) But it is definitely one of those movies that's fading. I agree with that. And hopefully no one in Hollywood's going to be like, hey, you know what? We can do a French Connection movie now. And they'll be like, well, number one, who does hair? Who ships heroin anymore? And the French? Well, let's make it ISIS and it's missiles. (laughs) The ISIS Connection. <laughs> no, we'll still call it the French Connection because they'll move it through France, but it won't oh, have French right. people's in the, it. Like when they did, they remade the Manchurian Candidate. Uh huh. Like, yeah, we'll come up with some bullshit reason why it has something to do with Manchuria, <laughs> so we can keep the title. Right. All right. Yeah. So there we go. Hey, Steve. Yeah, man. Now it's time for you to recommend a movie that you don't want people to see. Oh, boy. Oh, I have got a doozy. Unlike me, where I had picked out a movie that I didn't want people to see, and then I rewatched the movie that we reviewed, <laughs> and then went, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, <laughs> and then to... I had to go find a movie to recommend? <laughs> you had to scramble. But actually, you know, it works out better for the, the listeners on these episodes where we disagree, because then in the recommendations, they get a non-recommendation and a recommendation. See? So it's like a balanced oh, diet. Yeah, that's good. See? Okay. Anyway, fuck that. Um, What's your... <laughs> my, my anti-recommendation is, <laughs> is a sterling example of what I consider to be a terrible cop movie. Yay. It is... It's a movie that... It was, it was actually made in 1989, but it wasn't released until 1992. That's so not that good. Sh- so that should tell you something. Um, it is... Ju- just as uh, French Connection was the story of... Popeye and Cloudy. This is also a, a movie about two law enforcement officers who are pursuing, uh, you know, uh, criminals in their own way. And this, uh, instead of actors the caliber of, say, Gene Hackman and, and, and Roy Scheider, this huh. movie stars. Uh, this movie stars um, Jay Leno. Oh. And. Oh. And Pat Morita. 
who Why? was who was fresh off of his career. What are you doing? Career his <laughs> fresh off of his career high as Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid, a role for which he was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. He followed that up a few years later with this movie, mm-hmm. Collision Course. I don't. Does anyone remember that movie? <laughs> and if they do, they shouldn't. Okay, what because it's about, bad. Steve? It's bad. Okay, Jay Leno, and take check out this excellent casting here. Jay Leno plays a Detroit police officer. Okay, you, you believe that, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, Pat Morita plays the Japanese guy who who comes to America to work with him, right? Because because hey, look, they're trying Japanese guy. Hey, bunny, bunny. Hey, man. Hey, Mister Miyagi. Yeah, come here. It's funny, because I'm from America and you're from Japan. It's, like, inherently humorous, you know? (laughs) Um, I'm going to steal The Tonight Show from Conan O'Brien. And I'm going to make everyone think that I wasn't involved at all. I'm going to be my my agent. I'm going to fail upwards. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't care for Jay Leno so much, but anyway, he was in this movie with, and they're they're tracking down a stolen Japanese top secret turbocharger. So you know it's super important, right? I'm sorry, a what? A turbocharger. It's a thing that makes an engine run better, and it's super important for some reason. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's it, it, as I said, it, it didn't even see the light of day until 1992, and then it was direct to video. <laughs> Good. And I. Know, and I actually I wanted to I don't I don't usually do this but the trailer is available actually the entire movie is available on YouTube so that tells you you can watch it for free if you really want to watch it. Um, this is the non recommendation. This is do the non recommendation. Don't you just watch. Directed it. them where they can find it and watch if, it. If if you want to defy my recommendation and watch it, it's on YouTube. But I'm telling you not to do that. But uh, in the trailer, someone I, someone. I, I, you're actively trying to hurt our audience at this point. Someone, someone <laughs> uploaded the trailer, and in the description box of the trailer, it's described in this way. It has that 80s jokesy racism you just can't do anymore. <laughs> so if that sounds like a movie... <laughs> Done. I'm going to go watch it right now. Yeah, so that is my... If, if you, like me, enjoyed The French Connection, I am begging and you, And you please. enjoy folksy racism. And you enjoy folksy like Steve. racism. <laughs> Boy, I can't I'm wait to them. yank that clip directly out of this. I'm telling I'm telling you not to see it. I'm telling you not to see it. <laughs> Even if it wasn't racist at all, I would never recommend anyone see anything with Jay Leno in it. <laughs> my turn. So don't see Collision Course. Go yeah. for it. I don't see Collision Course. Hey, guys. And now I'm going to recommend a movie that I want you guys to see. And since I'm recommending a movie from the same year as the movie that I just reviewed, it's 1971. And there's a, Boy, there's some good movies to recommend this time around. Mm-hmm. 1971, boy. People are like, wait, we can show titties? We can show, we can show blood? We can cuss? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> but I decided to stick it with, you know, stand within the same... Uh, crime kind of family. So the movie I'm going to recommend is uh, it's got crime dudes in it, but it's more about revenge. So the movie I'm going to recommend is a little movie starring Britt Eklund and Michael Caine directed by Mike Hodges Get Carter. If you haven't seen Get Carter, you guys might not know what kind of career that Michael Caine had when he was younger. (laughs) But you'll definitely not look at sweet old Michael Caine the same way again after watching Get Carter. It's very much a revenge thing. There's a huge body count in this. 
And it has, it still has the old, well, he lived by the sword, he's gonna do by having some dude just show up out of nowhere. <laughs> it's a good movie. Someone tried to remake it with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah, don't see that one. Ain't that America? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't see that one. <laughs> <laughs> don't see the one with Sylvester Stallone. See so, the one with Michael Caine. So who's playing Michael Caine? Oh, Sly Stallone. Yeah. No, just stop fucking with me. No, seriously, no, no, who's playing the Michael no, Caine part? No. You want to be dapper and posh. <laughs> oh my god. I want you to take my name off this. I don't want to be associated with well, it. Well, it's too late. We already made a movie. <laughs> I'm going to go make Cider House Rules and win an Oscar. I had better conversations with Shark than Charles Ford. Yes, in the fucking Jaws movie. <laughs> Guess what we forgot, Steve? We forgot to pick another movie to do for this. For the next time we We've, do it. Man, we're fucking up. Why well, doesn't matter anymore, does it, Steve? Nah, fuck Trump's it. America. That's <laughs> right. These podcasts are just opiates for a desperate people looking to escape anyway. That's right. Doesn't That's matter. We are. We're the French opiate smugglers. We're... we're, we're <laughs> You brought the metaphor of background around to the, the sketch at the beginning. Just like we planned. Good job. <laughs> We're artists. <laughs> well, let's see. I think there's a movie that we've been avoiding. Oh, boy. Those are always the good ones, aren't they? Well, yeah. There's a movie that we've been avoiding, and I've been avoiding especially since I've only seen it twice. Oh. Oh, okay. And I don't okay. know how it's going to fare on another viewing. Oh, boy. This sounds Maybe interesting. Because I okay. think I had a near mental breakdown the first time I watched it. Oh, man. You're not going to say that once you find out what it is. Okay. Hey, guys. <clears throat> yeah? Since uh, it only seems like Steve has a lot of control over the show, he really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I have... <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. He's a limpet clinging to the rocks that is the late seating shoreline. I am a barnacle that has attached itself to the hull of this mighty ship. That's right. No. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to just pick a movie, and it was going to be a Steven Spielberg movie, because the last oh. one we did was uh, three years ago. <laughs> Yeah. I think that was Jurassic Park. Yeah. Unless we're forgetting one. Did I know we, we do well, Schindler's List. <laughs> we did we did Jaws. Yeah, no, but that was on that was on YouTube. Oh, that was in the old version. That was the old version. We haven't that, redone Jaws yet. That was I didn't the, have the, a mental breakdown watching Jaws. <laughs> no, I didn't think you did. Okay, the movie that I'm <laughs> we're going to ask you guys to go watch. Oh boy. Find the original version. Not the digitally altered version of this film. Ooh. The movie we're going to see is a little film about a visitor from somewhere else. <gasps> He's got a message for everybody. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and then we kill him. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, because he comes back to life and then goes up into the sky back to his people's. We're going to watch The Greatest Story Ever Told? No, we're watching E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mac and Me. Uh, no, we're going to watch E.T. Okay, E.T. E. We're not the that kind of review show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't just intentionally find the biggest pile of crap we can. No, that's for the episode after this one. <laughs> 
when, <laughs> when we are going to review The Love Guru, a oh. movie that neither oh. one of us has actually watched yet. <laughs> and I don't even know if qualifies for this show yet. What year did that come out? 2006? Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's old enough. It's We're fucked. But I figure before we do that, we may as well try to revisit a movie that I haven't seen and I don't know how long. Yeah. 10 years, 12, 16, something like that. Steve, how long, when was the last time oh, you saw man. E.T.'s little it's... squat turd body? <laughs> it's been long enough that I can't remember when it was. It's been a while since I watched it all the way through. And how many times have you actually watched it, do you think? No, oh, not that many. Yeah, neither Yeah, not that many. Weird how this beloved classic, Everyone I Meet, has only managed to see it maybe once or twice. Yeah, and one of those times was when I was a little kid, so I barely even remember it. And through tears, sobbing so hard that your parents were worried that they had taken you to a movie. (laughs) Why did we do this? Why did we do this to our children? God damn you, Steven Spielberg! Look, he's fucking alive. The fucking rubber thing is still alive at the end of the fucking movie. Stop crying. I'm so happy now. Oh, Jesus, we've broken our child. We've broken an entire generation of children. You know there is no E.T., right? You know it's just fake. It's just a puppet. It's just a rubber puppet. It's real. Everything's real. Everything in movies are real. What if I John? It only looked like it was alive. It was always dead. It's a fucking puppet. It's a Don't rubber puppet. Like... <laughs> Don't look at me like that. He needs to know. With yeah, Deborah Winger's voice. <laughs> okay. Funny comes back. He pulls the the little person out of the costume. There, tell him your name. <laughs> and don't say fucking E.T. Don't you even try me. You pulled E.T.'s soul out and it's a little person. <laughs> he doesn't even speak English. You know what I always wanted to do? What? I wanted to I wanted to grab I wanted to get a print of ET and a print of Poltergeist. Oh god. And cut them together cuz they look practically the same except in certain key moments. <laughs> hmm. And then put it back into the theaters called ET the Extraterrestrial. <laughs> so that when Elliot turns a corner, he sees one of those coffin corpses in the hallway. I mean Everybody thinks Spielberg directed Poltergeist anyway, so what the hell? He did. It's not... Yeah, he did. Fuck it. <laughs> anyway, we went on a tirade, didn't we? Boy. <laughs> We're trying to pad, because the movie was real short. Yeah. This time, guys. Sorry. We did it, though. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm hearing a noise over my thing. I think we're being... What? We're being... Oh. Are we being wiretapped? We're not being wiretapped. I was... Uh, my leg was resting up against the keyboard. <laughs> And just typing anything in. I don't know what I type, but... <laughs> Better dial back that paranoia, I guess. I wouldn't... Just a little bit. I jumped straight to wiretap. Wow, I just learned something about myself. Meanwhile, the feds are like, thank God. <laughs> anyway, for late seating, this has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. Hey, you! Haircut! Where are you going? I'm um, I'm just I'm I'm gonna go see the French Connection. Why is right your ha- why Why is your hair like that? What like hair? Why, why is, is your hair, hair looking like, like hair? that? What are you doing with that hair? I'm, it's my hair. I was born with it. Get up against you, the wall. Shut up. Oh, Get up against the wall. All right. I'm fine. Jesus Christ. Well, you now, your... now it's against a lot to have hey, hair. Hey, hey, hey! Watch it. Watch what? Watch it. Watch what? Am I watching? You have to. If we're gonna watch something, tell me what to watch. You better watch your mouth. How can I do that? Do hey, you have a mirror? You, you pick your feet. <laughs> Did I pick them out? No, I was born feet? with them. Hey, smart ass. Don't get smart with me. Do you, 
Just hey, I just want to hear you say it. I just want so to hear you, you say it. So now you want me ever... to be dumb? Okay. With the wooden feet. Oh, don't you get smart with me. I, I, you want me to get dumber? All right. Hey, hey, where'd you get that? Hey, where'd, where'd you get that junk on the table? That junk Where on the table. Where'd you get it? <laughs> you're breaking up. You're yelling so loud. <laughs> you're getting way into this character, Steve. I don't want to hear your excuses. You sat on the edge of the bed in Poughkeepsie and you picked your feet. Now say it. <laughs> say what? Wait, do you want me to still be stupider than stupid? To be oh, like, just not... incorporate it all. Incorporate it all. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Three, two, no. one, action. <laughs> you thought I was doing Gene Hackman. I was actually doing Stanley Kubrick the whole time. <laughs> Stanley never gives that many director director's <laughs> notes. No, he's just <laughs> do it again. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Right. Do it again. <laughs> Bye everybody. <laughs> Bye everybody. Late seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash lemmelisten. And... Thanks for listening.